Good to see you all here uh, this morning in the house of the Lord. And for those watching online, welcome. We're glad uh, that you can connect with us online. And I'm excited for 2022. I don't know about you, but I feel like God is going to do something amazing and wonderful this year. I know God is going to do something amazing and wonderful. Do you know how I know? Because God is amazing and wonderful. So he can only naturally do amazing and wonderful things. Right? So be ready for God's blessing to come upon you. Be ready for God to do amazing and wonderful things uh, in your life. Uh, we're journeying through a time of prayer as we start off this year. So I want to encourage you uh, to join our prayer challenge. Today's just day two, so you're not too far away. Uh, you'll get an email every morning uh, with a different aspect, and there'll be an action point for, for, each, uh, for each day as well. And so I've been blessed to see some people taking some of those action points. And somebody told me this morning how yesterday's um, uh, topic was a blessing to her and really helped her to grow uh, in one aspect of prayer. And so I want to encourage you to do that and respond and take some of those steps, not just for these 10 days, but some of these steps are for 2022. Uh, so I encourage you that way as well. We've also been receiving a, a number of good responses regarding our reflection questions for the new year. And so I want to encourage you as well to just take some time to go to that on our website, uachome.org slash reflect, uh, and uh, just uh, answer some of those questions. Uh, I've been really uh, impressed with some of the responses and some things that we can be praying for as well in this new year. So please take time uh, to do that, to just meditate and respond and reflect of what God might have for you in this, in this year. Uh, we're starting our life groups up again, and if you're not in a life group, I want to encourage you to join a life group. Uh, get in touch with me or Les Miata, uh, and we would love to be able to connect you to a life group. Uh, and if you're not in a life group, we, we have life group questions as well that are, for those that are here in person, they're on the uh, uh, welcome desk outside, uh, but you can also download this from our uh, website as well. Uh, and we would love for you to be able to journey through some of these questions. There's a Bible study component. There's an application component. There's a big takeaway component. Uh, and just to dig a little bit deeper in what we're talking about um, on, on Sundays. Because how many know Christian life is not meant to be done just on Sunday morning? Maybe you didn't know that. Christian life is not meant to be done just on Sunday morning, but for us to continue to live out our walk with the Lord uh, throughout the week. This uh, Sunday and in the next few Sundays uh, this, um, uh, to start off this year, we're going to be looking uh, at uh, a new series that we've titled, Who Am I? Seeking Out and Understanding Our Identity in Christ. It, it's a question that's asked by many people uh, as they seek purpose and identity uh, in this world. Do you know what the, the top trending search in Canada in 2021 was? Can anyone take a guess? This is from Google. You can go look it up as well. Huh? Pandemic. Pandemic? Good choice. COVID? Another good choice. You might be surprised. The top trending search in Canada, and actually it was one of the biggest searches in some countries as well, was the NBA. All right? I wonder how many of us find our identity in sports? How many of us find our, find our identity? I love sports as well, and like, how many of us find our identity there? Uh, in the United States, okay, this is specific for the United States, the three of the top five how-to-be's that were searched in 2021 was this. How to be more attractive, okay? How to be happy alone. So not just how to be happy, but how to be happy alone, because I think we've lived through a year of isolation, right? Or a couple of years almost. And this one was how to be a good boyfriend, right? Not how to be a good girlfriend. I think the, maybe the women have it all together, I don't know. But how to be a good boyfriend was one of the top five searches. Um, according to Google in 2021, the world searched, the world, the whole world, searched for more statements of affirmation than they ever have before. 2021 was the year of affirmations, okay? Um, searches like I am worthy or I am loved, from money to success, from good health to love. Uh, and the country that had the most searches, right, was Kayakistan, okay, about searches for affirmation. 
See, we're all looking for affirmations. We're, all, we're looking for purpose and for identity. We're, we're looking to understand ourselves in a better way. And we're looking for a, a, a sense of self-affirmation as well. I'm okay the way that I am. I, I am who I am. Now, the world as well really stepped up and wanted to volunteer the top trending volunteer opportunity in the world. Can you guess what it was? It wasn't serve at Unionville Alliance Church, unfortunately. The top trending volunteer opportunity in the world was vaccination volunteer. The world wanted to step up and help in trying to deal with this pandemic and, and getting people vaccinated. Now, across the globe, right, across the globe, words that were searched more than ever in 2021, more than ever, a couple of these words stood out to me, the word soulmate was searched more than ever in 2021 than it was in the past. The words body positivity was searched more than ever the world over in 2021 than it was in the past. See, people are looking for meaning and purpose. They're looking for affirmation. They're looking for identity in so many places. And, and some people find their identity in their profession, in the job that they do. Uh, in relationships that they have, whether it's with their husband or wife or whether it's with their children or parents or uncles and aunts, whatever it might be. Some people find their identity in their sexuality. That's their, their number one lens or purpose by which they look uh, at life. Some people find it through their ethnicity or through their culture or through something else. But what I'd like to share with you today and in these weeks is that the Lord wants us to find our identity in Him. And specifically, the fact that we are his beloved children. Now, we just came out of a series uh, during Christmas looking at the story of the prodigal son. And last week, Pastor Will unpacked the story uh, of the prodigal son during our Boxing Day service, understanding how we are beloved children of God. Now that we have come into the house of God, what does it mean to be children of God? And that's a blessing that God gives to us. In John chapter 1 and verse 12, it says, but to all who believed him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. If we believe on Jesus, if we accept Christ as our Savior, we become children of God. And that is, is the foundation, is the root of our identity Without this foundational uh, lens, without this foundational purpose, all other aspects of our identity will eventually fail and falter uh, and will leave us empty and meaningless. But if we can build our identity based on this one fact that we are beloved children of God, then everything else will fall into place. In 1 John 3, it says, see how very much our Father loves us, for he calls us his children, and that is what we are. That's the foundation of this whole, whole series, and actually, last week, as Pastor Will shared, you thought it was the ending of the Prodigal Christmas series, but it was actually the beginning of our identity series because it was, it's the, the launching point to be able for us to understand, hey, we are children of God. That is where we find our identity. And in this series, we'll examine who God says that we are, Often we try to define ourselves. Often we uh, look at ourselves and say, hey, this is who we are. This is who I am. This is who I am as, as, as a job, as a person, as my sexuality or ethnicity or gender or culture or uh, whatever it might be. And we seek to identify ourselves in various ways. But instead of doing that, we have to see how God sees us. We have to understand who God says that we are so that we can see actually the fullness of who God has created us to be. So let's lay down our preconceptions, let's lay down our, our standard outlook, and let's deepen our roots in Jesus and his finished work for us. Let's see ourselves through the eyes of the Lord, not through our own eyes. Who God says that we are matters so much more than who we say or who we think that we are. So in this series on identity, we're going to look at sort of five things last week. Uh, uh, we looked at how we are the beloved children of God. This morning, we're going to look at how we are forgiven in Christ and how our identity is rooted in the fact that we are forgiven and accepting and receiving forgiveness and cleansing from Jesus. 
Next Sunday, we're going to look at uh, this, another aspect of our identity that we are called to be ambassadors of reconciliation. Uh, and actually, we're having a guest speaker next Sunday. How many, know, how many know or remember Tim Moore? Anyone here? A few people? Tim was, uh, was a youth pastor at Unionville Alliance Church for many, many years, and many, many years ago. Uh, subsequent to that, he was a professor at Ambrose University, and now he's actually an international worker overseeing our justice semester with the Christian Missionary Alliance in Thailand. And he's going to be in town, and he's going to be sharing some of his experiences overseas and how we are called with this identity to be ambassadors of reconciliation, how God has called us with a, an evangelistic focus, and that's part of who our identity is, that we share the love and grace of God. And uh, I know you're going to enjoy uh, Tim sharing next week. Uh, and then after that, we're going to look at our identity as part of the, the family of God and what does that really mean as we are part of God's family. And, and lastly, we're going to look at how we are followers of Christ and our identity through that lens of being a follower of Christ. Uh, but as we come into this new year and on this first Sunday on January 2nd, we're looking at new beginnings. We're looking at and desiring, I'm sure, a fresh start uh, to put the past behind us. And the Lord gives us a wonderful way of doing that. He gives us a wonderful way for a new beginning. He gives us a wonderful way for a fresh start. He gives us a wonderful way to put the past behind us and to look forward to what he has for us in the future. And that's new life in Jesus. It's admitting our sinfulness and our need for Christ, accepting him and starting life new and afresh. I want to look at four things uh, this morning. The first one is this. We can be forgiven because of Jesus' finished work for us. This is a critical aspect of our identity in understanding how we are forgiven in Christ is that we can be forgiven because of what Jesus has done for us. Not because of what we do, but because of what Jesus has done for us. In 1 John we read, if we claim we have no sin, we are only fooling ourselves and not living in the truth. So anyone here that says, hey, I'm perfect, I haven't done anything wrong? Well, right here, you're, the word of God says you're fooling yourself. We all have sinned. We, we've all fallen short of God's glorious standard. We are all in need of him. But then he says this, but if we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all wickedness, all unrighteousness. If we come to Jesus, there is hope for new life. Uh, on this first Sunday of January, we can put the past behind us. We can put past sins behind us. We can put past failures behind us. And we can come to Jesus with newness of life. If you've never uh, accepted Christ as your Savior, if you've never experienced the newness of life that comes from knowing Jesus, I want to encourage you today, start 2022 off in the right way by coming to Jesus. And if you're watching online, and we would love to be able to connect with you, and, and if you've not known Jesus as the one who can save and cleanse and give new life and new beginnings, he wants to do that for you today. In Ephesians 1 and verse 7, it says, He is so rich in kindness and grace that he purchased our freedom with the blood of his Son and forgave our sins. See, this is what Jesus does. We can be forgiven because of Jesus' finished work for us. I say we can because it's up to us to be able to come to Jesus, to take that step and say, Lord, I acknowledge my sinfulness I acknowledge my need for a savior. I, I repent from my sins and I turn to you. He is rich in kindness and grace. Today, Jesus is standing with open arms, rich in kindness, rich in grace, ready to forgive. Uh, it's not about what we do. It's about what he has done for us. The finished work of Jesus in dying on the cross to purchase us, to redeem us, to forgive us. We can't earn our way into his good books. We can't do good things in order so that we can be forgiven and have a fresh start. It's what he does for us. How many here, you've made a New Year's resolution in years past, and within a few days or a few weeks, it's flopped and failed? Anyone here like that? Oh, not too many. Can you guys talk to me afterwards and tell me your secret of how you successfully kept every New Year's resolution? Because I would love to know how to do that. But more often than not, we end up failing. 
But the beauty of what Jesus does for us is that it's on him, is that he gives new life. Because if we try to have a fresh start, how many know we'll fail? Give it a day, maybe two. Give it a week, maybe two. And there's so many times that we fail and falter. But with Jesus, he does the work for us. He's done the work for us in giving us new life, in forgiving us. Forgiveness by God's great grace, grace is the great equalizer. It brings us all on the same plane so that one person can't say, well, I did so and so and I did such and such and, and I worked so hard in order for me to be forgiven and have a new life in Christ. No, you can't. It's based on what Jesus has done. And it puts us all on the same plane. It, it gives all of us equal footing. Because when we get to heaven, it's not going to be like this one person says, well, I did this and this and I got here. Or, well, you know what? I actually did this and this and that's why I'm here. No. We'll all have the same story. Not about what we did, but about what Jesus did. How are you here? Jesus died for me and forgave me. How did you get here? I didn't think you'd be here. Well, Jesus died and, and forgave me. How did you get here? I can't believe this. Well, Jesus died and he forgave me. We all have the same story. It's the great equalizer. It's not about us, but it's about what Jesus has done. In Colossians, it says, for he has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and has transferred us into the kingdom of his dear son who purchased our freedom and forgave our sins. I love this verse in Micah that talks about how God has compassion on us and he tramples our sins under his feet and he throws them into the depths of the ocean. And somebody joked and said, and then after that he put a sign out that said no fishing because he doesn't want you going back to those old things. 2021 is gone and it's finished. The past is done. Let's find our identity in the fact that we are forgiven because of what Jesus has done for us. Number two is that we can be a new creation in Christ. See, forgiveness is one thing, but he takes us and makes us a new creation in Christ. In 2 Corinthians 5, it says, this means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone and the new life has begun. How many here you'd like new life today? How many here you'd like to have new life because you're entering into 2022? And if you're watching online, if you want new life, can you just type in the chat, new life? Because Jesus gives us new life. We can experience being a new creation in Christ. Diane read for us in Ephesians chapter 2 and verses 4 and 5 says this, but God who is rich in mercy and he loved us so much, even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. It is only by God's grace that you have been saved. See, God forgives us as we come to him. We repent, we acknowledge our sins, we, we come to the foot of the cross and then he gives us new life. We sang today, you turn graves into gardens. How, how does he do that? He takes someone who is dead in sin and makes them alive and new. How does he do that? This is the work of Jesus, the Savior. This is the work of our Lord, the Christ. As he's brought us into this new year, he brings us into new life as we come to him. He gives us new life because of what Jesus has done on the cross for us. In Ephesians 2 and verse 10, it says, for we are God's masterpiece. Has anyone said that about you? Right? Maybe they've used some other names instead of masterpiece. But this is the problem. We find our identity in what others say about us. We find our identity in what we think about ourselves instead of finding our identity in what God says about us. And he says we are his masterpiece. How is that possible? Well, he makes us new. My son Joel is just four weeks old, and he's still the perfect picture of purity and perfection 
in my eyes and I think in your eyes too, hopefully. But when I look at him, I see God's masterpiece created and knit in the womb so fearfully and wonderfully made. But the beauty of it is that God sees him and God sees you and God sees me in the same way that we are his masterpiece. And in the same way that Joel came in with new life, per- perfect in beauty and, and wonder and, and just, just newness of life, his skin so soft and without flaws or, 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 or blemishes. Well, he has a few you know, birthmarks here and there and things like that. But overall, just perfect in beauty. Newness of life. Do you know that's what Jesus does for us in a spiritual way as we are born again in the spirit into a newness of life. And that's why he can say that we are his masterpiece. Perfect, beautiful, wonderful. Don't worry about what the past is. Don't worry about the failures and faults of before. You are God's masterpiece. Created for his purpose and his pleasure. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he has planned for us. I want to ask you today, come to Jesus and experience being made new. Experience that renewal in coming to Jesus and understanding that you are his masterpiece, created in beauty and splendor and perfection created in a wonderful way so that you can do good works. We have faults and failures, no doubt, but he sees us as his masterpiece. And oftentimes, we don't see ourselves like that. Alpha is gonna be starting in the first week in February. I wanna ask you, if you've never experienced Jesus or are seeking and searching, join us for Alpha Online starting first week in February. And if, if you can invite someone to come along as well and you bring them along in this journey to experience and know Jesus and discover how you can be his masterpiece. Number three, we need to forgive ourselves and let go of the past as God forgives us. This is one of the biggest problems when it comes to identity, is that we hold on to the past, we hold on to our failures, and even though God forgives us, even though God says that we are his masterpiece, even though God has done all of these things to renew us and make us clean and new and, 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 and make us a new creation in Christ, perfect and wonderful and beautiful, we hold on to the past. There was a time when Jesus was, was calling people to follow after him, and he came to Peter, And Jesus did a miracle with Peter uh, and some of the other fishermen there where they cast their nets into the water and they got this huge load of fish and and Peter couldn't believe what was going on. And Jesus was calling Peter to follow him. And what was Peter's response to Jesus in Luke 5? This is what Peter says. When, When Simon Peter realized what had happened, he fell on his knees before Jesus and said, oh Lord, please leave me, I am such a sinful man. Here's Jesus coming to Peter, wanting Peter to follow him. Here's Jesus wanting to make Peter anew and saying, be my disciple, come, you're gonna be catching men from now on. But Peter's response instead is what? I'm holding on to the past. Jesus, you have no idea about my past, so forget about me, just leave me alone. I am a sinful man. Have we said that before? Have we held on to our past so much so that we can't serve God going forward? Have we held on to our faults and our failures and said, well, I've done this and I've done this and I've done this. Jesus, just just leave me alone. I can't do anything for you. That's what Peter was saying here. Peter had to let go of his past before he could follow Jesus into the future. Peter had to accept Jesus' forgiveness, and Peter had to even forgive himself before he could even go forward. 
And so many of us, even though we have come to Jesus and asked for forgiveness and repented of our sins and asked him to cleanse us and make us anew and made new creations in Christ, still we hold on to the pain and bitterness and sinfulness and failures and faults of the past, so much so that it holds us down and it burdens us so that we can't go forward in the newness of the blessings that God has for us. And we place our identity not in the fact that we are forgiven in Christ, but we place our identity in the fact that we have sinned and failed and messed up over and over and over again. How can I go forward and serve God? And I want to tell you, in 2022, God wants us to leave the past behind, leave the sinfulness of the past behind. If we come to Jesus, repent, confess, ask him to forgive us, acknowledge our faults and failures, leave it at the foot of the cross, receive his forgiveness, receive his love, receive his cleansing, then leave it all behind. Don't continue to take it with you. Oftentimes, we allow our past to hold us back. And on this first Sunday of 2022, let me encourage you, let me exhort you, let me plead with you, leave the past in the past. As Jesus has thrown your sins into the depths of the sea, leave it there. So many times we allow the devil, the enemy of our souls, to, to speak words of condemnation. And we, we listen to words of condemnation even from others that are around us. And instead of listening and hearing words of life, we, we hear words of condemnation. And they hold us back from experiencing the fullness of who God is and the fullness of God's plan for our lives. Don't let that happen this year. Because in Romans it says, so now there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. If you belong to Jesus, if you are his beloved son or his beloved daughter, if you belong to him, if you are part of his family, if you have come to him and made him your Lord and Savior, don't allow the enemy to condemn you. Don't allow the devil to speak words that will tear you down, that will hold you in the past, but allow Jesus to speak life into you today. Allow Jesus to speak the promises of God to you today so that you can go forward and accept all that Jesus has for you in 2022. Moses was called by God to lead the children of Israel out of Egypt. He was given an assignment by God when he met God at this bush that was burning but not really burning. And God spoke to him audibly and said, Moses, I want you to do this. And Moses, time and time again in this conversation, you can go back and read it in the book of Exodus, he made excuse after excuse. Because I think Moses was holding on to his past. He pleaded with the Lord at least five times, send somebody else, don't send me. Why? Because going forward with the Lord, responding to the call of God, serving God the way that God wanted Moses to serve him meant what? Going back to Egypt where he killed a person, where floods and memories of bad experiences would be waiting for him. Until Moses came to the place where he was able to let go of the past and embrace God's purpose for him in the future, he couldn't live in the blessing of the Lord. The Lord had to tell him over and over again, Moses, I am with you. Moses, I am with you. And then God gave him signs and wonders and miracles to prove, look, Moses, I am with you. Like, Moses, take this rod, throw it down, it's becoming a snake. If that doesn't show that I'm with you, I don't know what else to do here. Okay, you want something else? Put your hand into your jacket, take it out. Oh, it's, it's leprous. Put it back in, bring it back out. Oh, it's not leprous. Moses, I am with you. Moses, stretch forth your, your rod upon, the, upon the, the waters and it'll become blood, red like blood. Moses, I am with you. And we might not be doing all of those miracles that Moses did and not experience God in the burning bush like Moses experienced. But he gives us promise after promise after promise. I am with you. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. And then what do we do? We turn around and say, ah, oh, God's not with me. Hello, I am with you. I won't forsake you. No, God's not with me. I have forgiven you. No, no, look at what I did before. 
And we, we, we just go contrary to everything that God is trying to speak to us in everything God is trying to tell us, in the words of life that God is trying to give us. We make excuse after excuse after excuse because we want to hold on to the past. And it tears us down like an anchor. It weighs us down because we don't let go of the past. We find our identity not in what God says about us, but in what we say about ourselves and what the enemy says about us. Do you know that God uses broken people? Do you know that? I'm a testament to that right now. If you're listening to my words and if something I'm saying is a blessing to you, God is using a broken person in Daniel to speak the word of God to you. Throughout the Bible, there is story after story after story of God using broken people to accomplish his purpose. Joseph was put into prison. Elijah wanted to commit suicide. Gideon was gripped by fear. Abraham was a liar, and he was unbelieving as well. Ended up becoming the father of faith. Go figure that. Samson was a womanizer. Jacob was a deceiver. Jonah ran away from God. David committed adultery and murder. And then God says, oh, he's a man after my own heart. I'm going to put him as king, and, uh, you know, Jesus is going to come from his line as well. Solomon disobeyed the Lord numerous times. Peter denied God. James and John wanted to call fire down from heaven and burn everybody up. And then John becomes the apostle of love. How did that happen? Zacchaeus was a tax collector. Matthew was a tax collector. Simon was a zealot. You know, those zealots at that time, they were ready to fight for, uh, for Israel. They were, they were like nationalists that wanted the supremacy of Israel. Thomas was a doubter. Paul hunted and killed Christians. The Bible is full of stories of broken people fulfilling God's will. But the Lord takes them, forgives them, redeems them, and uses them for his purpose. Paul, who hunted and killed Christians, this is what he says in Philippians. No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing. Forgetting the past... And looking forward to, the, to what lies ahead, I press on to, each, to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. If you look at the, the, the Old Testament story of Joseph, uh, a couple of years ago we studied uh, that story for those of you that were with us at that time. But in Genesis 45 on to Genesis 50, you can read a little bit of that story of Joseph. And basically, Joseph's brother sold him into slavery, lied about it to his father. Joseph ended up going into Egypt and then becoming the second in command throughout the whole land. The brothers are in a, in a famine. They need to buy some food. So they go to Egypt. They meet Joseph. Joseph, long story short, reveals himself to his brothers and says, look, you guys mistreated me. You did stuff that was bad to me. But don't worry. God intended it all for good. I'm going to forgive you, and I'm going to take care of you. Look at what he says here in Genesis 45. He says, you can live, this is Joseph speaking to his brothers, you can live in the region of Goshen, which is a wonderful place for shepherds to live. There where you can be near me with all your children and grandchildren, your flocks and herds and everything you own, I will take care of you there. This is Joseph being gracious. This is Joseph being loving. This is Joseph being forgiving. Joseph had forgiven his brothers to the point that he wanted not only to forgive them, but he wanted to care for them. And he wanted, them, he wanted them close to him. Oftentimes, sometimes, you know what we do? We forgive people, but then you say, you live on your side of the world, and I'll live on my side of the world. Let's not have another conflict. I forgive you, but don't talk to me again, okay? That's not how Joseph forgave. He forgave, and he said, come, live close to me. I'll take care of you. And the problem with, with Joseph's brothers was that they were still living in the past, they couldn't accept and appropriate the forgiveness of Joseph in their life. The first time that they came to Egypt and Joseph was giving them a test to see if they actually learned their lesson, do you know what the brothers said? In Genesis 42, the brothers said, speaking among themselves, they said, clearly we are being punished because of what we did to Joseph long ago. We saw his anguish when he pleaded for his life, but we wouldn't listen. That's why we're in this trouble. How many of us do that? We live in the past. Now, Joseph's brothers, their problem was that they had something hidden. Their sin was still hidden. They didn't bring it out and confess it and repent from it. And if they had done that, they could have been free 
from their past actions. But the problem is, is they kept their sin hidden. They didn't reveal it to their father. They didn't talk about what actually happened. So what, what happened after that, everything bad that happened to them, what did they do? They connected it back to what they did to Joseph. Do you do that? You lose your job? Oh, it's because I, didn't, because I did this. Or a sickness comes? Oh, it's because I did this. Or this hardship that you face or this trial? Oh, it's because I did this. And we connected back to some sinfulness in the past, some, some area of failure that we did against God. And we connect all these bad experiences in the past because we are anchored down, we are weighed down by those bad experiences. We haven't repented of it. We haven't, we haven't um, asked God to forgive us. We could be like Joseph's brothers. Or instead, we have asked God to forgive us. We have put that right. But then the devil takes us back and condemns us because of that. And every situation now is seen through that lens. And that's what happened to Joseph's brothers. Anything bad that happened, they looked at it through that lens. They couldn't experience the fullness of God's blessings because they were still tied to that bad experience, that failure, that sin against Joseph. And even after everything came out, even after they came to the land of uh, Egypt, even after they were living in the land of Goshen, even after Joseph was good to them, even after Joseph forgave them, even after Joseph blessed them, still they thought that Joseph would want to get revenge on them. And so when their father died, they sent a message to Joseph and said, please forgive us. And Joseph's heart was broken. See, in Genesis 50, in verse 15, it says, but now that their father was dead, Joseph's brothers became fearful. They were still living in the past. They were still living in the past failure. Now Joseph will show his anger and pay us back for all the wrong we did to him. They didn't experience the fullness of Joseph's love and forgiveness. And so many times we don't experience the fullness of God's love and forgiveness. So many times we don't appropriate the fullness of the blessing that comes with being forgiven in Christ. Instead, we look at the negative things. We hold on to those past failures, and we go back to them time and time and time again. And instead of being like that verse in Micah, God's thrown our sins into the depths of the sea, what do we do? We pull out that fishing line. Let's go back. Let's see how it's doing. Okay, then we throw it back in, and we go on to the next experience. And the next time something bad happens, what happens? Let's pull out that fishing line again. Let's go back. Let's dig it up, and let's talk about it again. And there's this cycle of shame and this cycle of condemnation. Instead of actually appropriating the blessing of God, the forgiveness of Christ, the love of Jesus into our lives. But look at what Joseph says. He says, you intended to harm me, but God intended it all for good. He brought me to this position so that I could save the lives of many people. Now, don't be afraid. I will continue to care for you and your children. So he reassured them by speaking kindly to them. This is what Jesus does for us. Even when we misappropriate our identity and define ourselves by things that God doesn't say that we are, Still, Jesus comes back to us time and time again. And what does he say? My son, I am with you. My daughter, I love you. Time and time again, he comes back to us. And he comforts us. And he reassures us. And he says, don't define yourself by what you think or by what others say or by past experiences that you've already brought to me and repented of and asked for forgiveness. Define yourself and find your identity in the fact that you are a beloved child of God, forgiven in Christ. In 2022, understand and know the amazing and awesome forgiveness of Jesus, that he forgives unlike anyone else. If somebody could hold a grudge, that was Joseph. But here Joseph is a beautiful picture of Jesus, a beautiful shadow of Christ, a foreshadowing of the love and grace of Jesus in forgiving his brothers who greatly hurt him. And finally, we need to embrace God's forgiveness to forgive others. Our identity as forgiven people is based on the fact that we are children of God. 
Just as Christ has forgiven us, we also need to forgive others. This is an awesome opportunity that Jesus gives to us to taste a little bit of what it is to forgive. See, in order for us to understand and appropriate the fullness of God's forgiveness from us, we have the opportunity to forgive others and understand a little bit about how God forgives us. And if we can, then we can understand the fullness of what it is to be forgiven in Christ. Look at what Paul says in Ephesians 4. Remember, he has identified you as his own. Paul says it here. Remember, don't forget, your identity is in the fact that you belong to Jesus, okay? Guaranteeing that you will be saved on the day of redemption. So get rid of bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Instead, be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another. How? Just as God through Christ has forgiven you. If our identity is in the fact that we are beloved children of God forgiven in Christ, then we also need to forgive others as well. And that's how we can taste and experience a little bit more, a little bit fuller, a little bit deeper, a little bit greater, a little bit more holistically, the forgiveness of God for us. Oftentimes we fail in understanding God's forgiveness for us because we've also failed in forgiving others. What does that mean? Well, this person hurt me. I can't forgive that person. Then we go back to what we did in failing God and sinning against him. How can God forgive me? I can't even forgive this person. Do you see that? Because we are not able to forgive others, we can't appropriate God's forgiveness for us. We can't comprehend, we can't understand, we can't imagine, we can't even think about how God can forgive us because we feel the pain of how others have hurt us. But if we're able to forgive others, if we're able to show Jesus to others, to show love to others by forgiving them, then we understand in a greater way this identity of being forgiven in Christ. We understand in a greater holistic way what Jesus has done for us. See, the forgiveness of others is rooted in the first two points that I presented to you this morning, that we are forgiven in, because of Christ's finished work for us and that we can be new creations in Christ. Those two theological points are so critical and so important for us if we are to understand our identity to be forgiven in Christ and also to forgive others. Unless we understand these first two points, we won't be able to forgive others. In remembering the greatness of God's forgiveness for us, we can take that step to forgive others. In understanding our identity as forgiven children of God, we can also, as Paul says here, forgive others just as how Christ has forgiven us. I love what Nicky Gumbel says in the Alpha series. He says, unforgiveness is like drinking poison and hoping the other person dies. Well, holding on to unforgiveness and bitterness is not doing you any good. And so we give forgiveness to others. I'll close with this story and the worship team can come. Last Sunday, uh, Desmond Tutu passed away. How many people have heard of Desmond Tutu? You might have read about him this past week. He was in the news. Desmond Tutu passed away last Sunday. He was 90 years old. He was the Bishop of Johannesburg for a time and the Archbishop of Cape Town, South Africa. He was the first black man to hold that position. And he was known for his anti-apartheid work. When Nelson Mandela became president of South Africa, he asked Desmond Tutu to chair the, the Truth and Reconciliation Commission. Uh, in that role, he sought not to get revenge for all the, the, the grievances, for all the hurts, for, for the gross injustice that was done in that country for years. He didn't seek to get revenge. He didn't seek to get retaliation, although he could have. But he built a foundation of repentance and forgiveness. And in that Truth and Reconciliation Commission, they sought to find truth, sought to acknowledge what had happened, but sought also for reconciliation and forgiveness. It was a restorative justice process. Many thought that the country would be ruined after all of this happened in, in, as they would try to rebuild the country after apartheid fell. 
Many thought that this would be the end of that, that country. But the key difference was, instead of seeking for revenge, instead of seeking for retribution, Desmond Tutu and Nelson Mandela led in a way where they sought for confession, repentance, and reconciliation. And that's the heart of the gospel. And that's the heart of Jesus. And if we find our identity in Christ, and if we find our identity as forgiven people of God, we also can extend that forgiveness to others. Tutu won the prestigious Templeton Award uh, for his lifelong work in, in, in spiritual principles and specifically in advancing causes of love and forgiveness. He also won the Nobel Peace Prize, too. He said this, quote, the central concern is not retribution or punishment, but in the spirit of Ubuntu, the healing of breaches, the redressing of imbalances, and the restoration of a broken relationship. To understand God's forgiveness and to understand that we are, that our identity is that we are forgiven in Christ, is to be able to extend that forgiveness to others as well. Let's all stand as we sing to the Lord this morning. Let's remember that it's not about who we say that we are. It's not about what other people say about us. It's not about our past that defines us. It's about who God says that we are. As we prepare to partake of the Lord's table, let's sing this song and let's remember who Jesus says that we are today.
this today and say we are his. I am chosen, not forsaken. I am who you say I am. You are for me, not against me. I am who you say I am. I am chosen, not forsaken. I am who you say I am. You are for me. seated. We've come to a point in the service where we remember Jesus' sacrifice for us and his death on the cross. And uh, for those watching online, I, I hope that you've prepared your elements, just a little piece of bread or crackers and some juice. And for those here, you can prepare your elements as well. And we remember what Jesus has done for us. Everything that we've talked about this morning about the fact that we are forgiven in Christ. That's our identity, that we are beloved children of God, forgiven by him, it is rooted and based on this fact that Jesus died for us. And that's what we remember right now.